The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome to our Thursday edition of the Source of Truth podcast. And thanks for joining us as we take a few minutes this morning out of our day in God's Word. And we're glad you're with us. Uh, We are in the book of Matthew. We're just starting chapter number seven this morning. So if you're following along, join us in Matthew chapter seven as we jump into the Word of God. This morning, as we've been going through for a while, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, we're jumping into the section of Scripture, another one of those that very relevant, we hear a lot about. And we're just going to kind of walk through what did Jesus mean by when it comes to the problem of what he talks about judging? And he tells us not to judge, do not judge others. And what does that exactly mean? Because there are times in scripture we're encouraged to judge. Now, at the end of this, I'll explain what I mean by that. Uh, A lot of it comes down to semantics and the words we use in it. Uh, But one of the things we see when it comes to judging, and I want to kind of get an explanation of what do we mean by judging? When you say don't judge, what does it mean to judge? Because sometimes as a father, if I decide that I don't want something in my home, or as a family, we're not going to associate with this, or, you know, I'm nervous about my family dating, you know, my daughter or son dating somebody. Uh, people will say, we're judging them. No, I, I, no, I'm making a decision. I'm making a decision that I think is best for our family. That, and that's, well, again, that's at the end. We'll talk about that. But ju- this judging is not that. This judging is, okay, we say, I establish a, a standard, my standard. This is what I think is right. And anybody who doesn't match my standard, I get to look down on. I get to criticize. I get to judge. And the problem is, it comes down to that original standard. The problem with the judging in most occasions is, I, it's my standard and everybody else should match it. And the issue with that is, most occasions, they're not biblical standards. They're, they're going to have some biblical principles maybe behind it, or you can go to Scripture and somehow make it work. My point is this, the standard is set by you, it's not set by God. Some of us take a verse and we run with it, we create more to it than it's supposed to be, and we put out a standard, anybody's different is in sin, when God never even described those things, their preferences, traditions, things of that nature. So the key is here is when someone, when we, I, whatever, we establish a standard, this is the way it's got to be, and anybody who doesn't match my standard, I have a right to look down on. That's what he's describing here. So he says in verse 1, judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you will you judge? you will be judged. And with the measure you state, it will be measured back to you. So there's a simple logic to this first comment. If you choose to look at somebody else and point them out, you open yourself up for scrutiny because you're scrutinizing somebody, you open yourself up back. If somebody comes to you and they want to point out something you've done wrong, or at least in their mind, you're not doing well. The immediate thing that goes through your mind, and it's not necessarily wrong, is who are you to tell me this? So if my wife comes to me about, you know, let's say in a Sunday morning message, she doesn't do this, by the way, but I'll say, hey, if she were to come to me in in a morning message and say, hey, by the way, why was this? Or, you know, make a comment about the message. Be honest with you, I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen because I trust her. I respect her. She knows what I'm trying to accomplish. She's going to help me in that. Because if I know who she is, I'm going to listen. But if some random person comes up and wants to point out something they don't like about the message, they're opening up a scrutiny. I want to come back and say, who are you to judge? And it's an easier thing to do. If someone wants to get in your case on parenting, but they've never parented, you're going to go back and say, wait a minute, who are you? That's the premise. You open up scrutiny. If you decide, and and be careful, when you decide to start pointing other people out, um, you really do. You become a bit of a gossip and things like that. Don't be surprised when that same scrutiny comes back to you. So you open yourself up for unnecessary scrutiny by 
judging others unnecessarily. Then he goes into more descriptions of why would you do this in verse 3. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Now, here's what he's talking about. The speck or small piece of wood in your brother's eye that you're judging when you've got a beam. Now, the description is this. One, the reason I believe he uses the eye is our eyes are very sensitive. Anything that's in your eye, it hurts, it's sensitive, and, and everybody can see what you see with, and you're filtering it through this vision of something. But here's the premise we come down to. He's saying you look at a small battle, a small struggle in someone else's life that you think needs to be fixed. But the problem is you're ignoring a major problem in your own life. And so, and that's sometimes what we do. And here's one of the reasons I believe we do this. We point out the small speck in someone else's life, the small thing in someone else's life, because if everybody's looking at them, they're not looking at me. So if I can point out the problems that aren't, aren't as big, then nobody sees the real issues in my life. And that is a very popular thing. It's the way to control the narrative. Uh, people do this in debates all the time. If I can't win the debate, I attack the character of the other person. It's deflection. It's a way to get people to stop looking at me for these issues. And I've seen it happen time and time again. And it's a very great way to manipulate scenarios. Uh, and it's just wrong. And he's what he's saying here. Now, interestingly enough, he does come to the end and said, how do you help them if there's a problem in your eye? It's intriguing, though, that really what you can see there is if you are willing to deal with yourself, if you're willing to go to that sin or that struggle in your life that you need to get right, and you're willing to humble yourself, and you're willing to go to God and get things right and reconcile and strengthen yourself, you know what you've gained? You've gained the ability to help that other person with a lesser problem. We jump to that. We jump and say, that's got to be fixed for all the wrong reasons. But if we're able to take that journey to get those things in our life right, so if I if there's battles in my marriage and I'm willing to take all of the necessary work, read the books, go to counseling, take the net, follow God's word in my marriage and make it great and make it strong, then I will be able to advise other people on the same thing. And that's the premise. When willing to take the step, I have the ability, I have the opportunity to mentor other people. And I think it's a great tool, it's a great principle that's being seen here. Here, But here is what he says. When, I, when all I do is try to point out someone else's problem that's less in mind, Jesus says this in verse 5, hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So it's still something he says we can do if we're willing to take that first step. Now, let's look at verse number six. Verse one through five, generally you hear quoted frequently, for good reason, by the way. Um, a lot of times, a lot of some people won't go to church because they walk in. A guy mentioned to me Sunday, he called this way, he called it silent judging. People just look at you like, what are you doing? You should be better. Um, you know, maybe they shouldn't come. Some would even say, I don't know, we want people who look like us come to church or whatever. And that would be horrible. That would be miserable. But some people get afraid to come to church from what they've been told will be perceived judgment. Like when you come to church, church is full of all these perfect people, and I'm just not good enough to attend. And by the way, that's what Satan wants the world to believe. And if we're not careful, we can validate that lie. Uh, the premise is this. A church, as we've, you've heard described as a hospital, and a hospital is full of sick people trying to get better. A church should be that. A church should be a vast majority of variety of people from different backgrounds, from different struggles, from, uh, from different griefs, from different battles. And, 
each one of them bring a uniqueness to the church to help make the church stronger and better. And we should be loving them, not looking at them wrongly. And, and so that's that's one of the greater fears that we see in this. And so rightfully so, don't judge, do things of that nature. But let me ask this question. I mentioned in the beginning, maybe there are times to judge, or I mentioned in the beginning that maybe there are times that as a father, I'm going to make a decision that others would say I'm judging. The term I would use over the idea of judgment is discern. God tells us to judge other people, uh, to discern is really what he's talking about in that other section. He says in verse 6, Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. Now, how, what he's saying is when I'm trying to help other people and I'm trying to configure some other people, how do I know who the dogs are or the swine? How do I know who are the people who are only out to hurt? They don't legitimately want the help that we want to offer. How do we know that? And they're only going to turn around and hurt you. Discernment. Discernment's the answer. So there's judgment. Again, judgment is where I set a standard, and anybody who doesn't meet it, I get the right to look down on you. Discernment is, as a father, I'm going to discern activities. I'm going to discern other people. When my daughter wants to date somebody, I, you know, I'm going to be part of that. Discerning things that maybe she doesn't see, same thing with my sons, we're going to be part of it. Hopefully, and be allowed to be in if we've given, if we've earned that, you know, respect They've told them that we, we care for them. We have that right. But the same thing when my kids were growing up, we were picky. Can I go to this person's house? Can I do this? There were times we said no. We said no for a myriad of reasons. But in that, and in some occasions ended up, we can't tell you whether right or wrong. In other occasions, God validated and was able to allow us to see why that's where he led us. But we will discern. I will discern who I let into my home. It's a protection thing. Um, I'm going to be careful about who I allow into my home because I wouldn't let a criminal in my home, so I'm not going to let someone who's going to hurt me. No, I'm going to love all people. I'm going to minister to people. I'm going to be, as a Bible, you know, Jesus was a friend of sinners, so I'm going to love them. But there's a difference between me loving unsaved people and those who I allowed to influence me and my family. So there are times I will discern certain things, and that's what we need to understand. Judging is looking down on someone based upon a false standard. Discernment is this is God's standard. Now, is this person going to help me? to get closer to God's standard. And that's the sermon. We can spend a lot more time on, on those two details. and uh, But that's kind of a very simplistic basic of those two things that we can put together in just over 10 minutes. So um, if you got more questions, send them our way. Put them in the chats maybe. Give us a chance to maybe add uh, um, explanation or clarification or even just answer a question. We'd love to be able to do that. Do appreciate the wonderful privilege you give to us to be part of your day. Hope you're having a great week. Hope you're keeping your eyes on Jesus. And uh, thanks again for the opportunity part of your day. We look forward to seeing you again next time.